you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome to today's episode. I am having so much fun. I have a fantastic guest on today. She is a sales guru. Um, I find her story just fascinating, what she knows about sales and how she does it, besides which she has the most delightful personality that I know. Um, She's fun. She's exciting. And I just have a great time whenever we go out together. So, yes, she is a very dear friend as well as being a colleague. And I am so delighted to have her talking about how to feel more comfortable about selling in December and answering the penultimate question, should I stop selling in December or is this a great time to push for those final sales for the end of the year? So help me welcome my guest, Leslie Ellis. Leslie, welcome. Hi, Linda. Um, no pressure there to be funny, huh? <laughs> Absolutely not. And But I know that you have that capability of of giving us really key tips around sales, but with a bit of light humor as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, if you're not having fun, what is the point? Exactly. And this is the season to celebrate, to have a lot of joy in your life. And there is this whole thing around, you know, do you stop selling in December and let it all run until January and start up again? Or do you really still push for those last few sales at the end of the year. And let's say we're going to get into that in a little bit, but I want the audience to know about you and about your background. So tell us how you got in the sales game and sort of where you've gone with that. Sure, absolutely. Well, I actually unofficially started my sales career when I was 10 years old. I love that. I actually, well, I... I convinced my next-door neighbor that I was the right person to take care of their newborn baby. Oh. And I look back and I think, who leaves their newborn with a 10-year-old, right? But I, yeah. I have to admit, I was pretty mature back then. Um, so it's just it's funny how things happen, though. But in the real world, I actually officially kind of fell into sales. Mm-hmm. I was working for a company uh, 36 years ago as a receptionist mm-hmm. and I really didn't like being a receptionist. I got bored, you know, after a year or so. Right. And I was talking to uh, my best friend at the time and saying, you know, I don't really know what I want to be when I grow up. And she said something that changed my life. She said, you're really pushy. You should go into sales. <laughs> and the funny thing about that, though, is that she was the exact opposite. She was a complete doormat. So to her, everybody was pushy. But, you know, I, I thought about it, and I thought, well, you know, I knew the people in my the company I was working for were making good money. So I went to the owner of the company, and I said, I want to go into sales. And he said, okay, here's what we'll do. You'll sit at the front desk in the morning and be a receptionist, and in the afternoon you'll go out and sell. And after six months, we'll review and see, you know, where you're at. I actually ended up going full-time after four months because I discovered I liked it and I was good at it. And I've been in sales ever since. And Leslie, you've sold a variety of different things. Um, tell us just a little bit about the, those things, which, what things sure. you've sold. Um, I 
spent the majority of my career in B2B. Um, I started out working, uh, selling promotional products, so pens and T-shirts and all those things that have corporate logos. Right. And in that world, I was working with much larger companies, in some cases, Fortune 100 companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that, um, sorry. Uh, okay. Then, I, and I did that for quite some time. I went from there, I went to selling print advertising uh, for the San Francisco Convention and Visitors Bureau. And that was really hard because I started three months before 9-11. So Ooh. literally everything stopped. There was no business for several months. It was mm-hmm. very challenging. But I still did very well. I was there for almost four and a half years and ended up building that business considerably after the rocky start. Right. Uh, and then I, um, I did a brief stint working for a friend of mine, selling training, actually. And there is a reason they tell you not to work for friends and family. So I left that because I wanted to preserve our friendship. And actually, to this day, we're still very close friends. From there, I went into health insurance, selling mm-hmm. health insurance. That was eleven, almost 11 years ago. Actually, it's 11 years ago this month now that I think about it. Congratulations. Although I officially, I officially counted as January, so, but it was technically December. And I still have that business. And in between, and I do that part-time by design, um, and in between, you know, it, since 2011, I've done a number of other things. Most recently, I did customer service at a private airport, which was mm. a lot of fun. Yeah. And I just went back into selling print advertising for a local publication, a neighborhood magazine. And there's been a number of other things in between, but those are the main ones. Fantastic. And you have actually... Um a tip around um, your promotional products business and what you didn't do but should have done and it caused you to lose um, your biggest client, as I remember? What did you learn about that? You know, uh, I believe what you're referring to is I did lose my biggest client. It was 2001 it was 46% of my income. I've always worked on commission. Mm-hmm. And it came completely out of the blue. I literally got a an email one day that was a season desist. And I hadn't done anything wrong. They just changed the direction of their business, and they went in a very bad direction, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> and. It's an interesting place to be because, so I'm getting almost half my business from one client, which means literally overnight half my business was gone, half my income was gone. Or, right. And the, 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 the moral of the story is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Now, it wasn't one basket, basket technically, but, but here's the dilemma. When you have a really big client that you get a lot of calls from and you're making a lot of money from, what do you do? Exactly. And it, well, and there's an answer to that. Good. The answer is answer. you don't be so cheap and you hire an assistant. I actually had an assistant um, that the company provided. I had one third of an assistant. <laughs> I shared her with two other people, two other salespeople. 
And really, I was doing a lot of work that an assistant should have been doing, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I would have to pay for it if I wanted more help, and I was being cheap, mm-hmm. and it cost me. So, you know, you need to know when it's time to get help. And, and clearly, I could have been out selling and getting new accounts rather than doing the work that she should have been doing. So that, you know, you need to know that. And it's sometimes it's a hard place to be in because, mm-hmm. you know, nobody wants to you know, give, up, give up actual money for money that might come because you don't know. But I can tell you I've had this happen a couple of different times and... Uh, in different ways, and it's always the way to go. It's al- yeah. you always get assistance, and yeah. it, you'll end up on top in the end. Well, and Leslie, from from what I gather, also you'd stopped prospecting because you had no time to bring on new clients. Right, right yeah. because I was doing all of those things that my assistant should have been doing rather than prospecting. Exactly. Okay. I literally didn't, hadn't, made, um, I mean, I got referrals, so that's different, but true prospecting done for five years when that happened, when I lost that account. Wow. So audience, what what you're hearing Leslie say is there is never a time for you to stop prospecting, that you should always be out there looking for that next client. And if you've gotten to a place where your plate is full and you go, oh, my God, I couldn't add another client if I wanted to, that's the time to go out and, if you haven't already done that, find an assistant. Find someone who can, you can offload those things that, in your position, you shouldn't be doing, but someone who is learning the business or, you know, new or loves to do that administrative work, hire that person, bring them on board, because in the long run, it will make you even more successful. Right, Leslie? Absolutely. Uh, you should, I don't care what business you're in. I don't care what you're selling. I don't care what your sales cycle is. Never stop prospecting because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, we all know if you've been in sales, and if, by the way, if you own your own business and you don't have somebody selling for you, then you are in sales, even though you might not recognize it. Um, I may not like it. When you're in sales, you know, you never know what's going to happen, and so you have to be prepared for that. I mean, like Mm -hmm. I said, literally, it was uh, one day I had a client, 46% of my business, the next day I didn't, and I did not see it coming. I had no idea. Oh, you got to nice. be prepared for that. You've got to have a pipeline at all times. Absolutely. So that you can go out and grab that cord of wood and bring it in and burn it and have have warmth in your cabin. Um, and you don't have to always go out to the trees to uh, chop down some more wood, right? That's a, that's yeah, a metaphor that's a from a whole other program. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so a whole metaphor from another program. Um, okay, so Leslie, um, networking events. Uh, is that a great place to find prospects? I think it depends. It depends on a number of factors. It depends on the type of business you have. I mean, if your potential clients don't go to networking events, then why would you go, right? Exactly. Right. Um, I mean, for example, if you're selling to Fortune 100 companies or Fortune 500 companies, you're probably not going to find them at networking events. Mm-hmm. It also depends on your personality. If you're going to go to a networking event and stand in the corner and stare at people, 
why are you wasting your time and your money? I mean, some people are so shy and so introverted that it, they find it almost impossible to talk to people. So I would say, you know, maybe networking isn't the best way. But I will also tell you that I built my insurance business by networking. Now, mm-hmm. I happen to be um, a true extrovert, and I love being with people. I can talk to anyone, so networking is very easy for me. However, even if it's not that easy, if you do it on a regular basis, it becomes easier. I've been told by a number of people. And so I would say, you know, you should be doing a number of different things to find new clients, and networking could be a good one if you if it's something that you enjoy. Right. And I, I know I, I've always heard you bring a wingman or wingwoman with you so that you know, if you're, you, you need that support from someone like you who's, who's very excited about networking, whatever, you can be introduced, you can do, they can do some referrals, whatever, they can talk about how wonderful you are, and it really gives you sort of that introduction so that it's not, it doesn't seem like um, pouncing. Uh, have you heard that term in sales about going to networking events and pouncing? I have not heard that term, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, so, so, audience, if you don't know what pouncing means, um, you know, if you think of a cat pouncing on a mouse, that's sort of what it looks like. But it's going to a networking event. You say hi, and the person says hi, and then it's like a sales conversation that you didn't even get into. It's a one way. You need my, my product. Here's my, my card. Please make sure you give me a call on Monday. It's great to meet you. And they're gone. And, or you, you say something to them like, you know, I've thought about using someone with your services. Uh, and the next thing you know, you've, basically they've told you everything you need to know about their, their product. And, and when will you call me so that we can sign you up? So how does that feel to someone who's, there in a networking event and perhaps is a bit shy, how would that feel? I don't think it feels good to anybody, shy or not. I mean, I don't have a shy bone in my body, and I hate that. I actually believe that you should never give your card out unless somebody asks for it, Ah. first of all. I don't, yeah, and I mean, I just don't. I hate it when you go to an event and people are just, it's like, it's almost like a game. Like, how many cards can I give out? And, you know, most of those cards end up in the garbage. Absolutely. Uh, I also believe that when, well, the way I work is I always try to be the first one to ask about the other person because I want to find out about their business. And you know what? Sometimes people never ask you about your business. (laughs) And that's okay. Yeah. I always want my my whole purpose in going to networking events. I mean, of course you want to meet potential clients, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that isn't my purpose. My purpose is who can I meet that I might be able to connect with somebody else? Mhm. Oh, very good. Who can I refer? How can I meet that I can refer to? And you know, if I don't meet any potential clients, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I always, you know, what you call pouncing, I like to call barfing, <laughs> <laughs> meaning that you just start talking about your product or service without having any knowledge about whether or not the person you're talking to has any need for it, has any interest in it, 
absolutely the wrong thing to do 100% of the time. Well, and, and you don't know how long they've been thinking about this or dealing with the problem. It may be something that just sort of crossed their mind when they heard what you did, but it's not something they've really delved into in their business to see, do I really need this? And you've already, um, and as, as you, I love it, barfed over them. Um, but And you, you don't know whether what you have to offer really suits them, and maybe you don't even care. You know, it's sort of like... Right. Can't I just, you know, talk to thousands of people and surely one of them will stick? It's like throwing spaghetti, right? And you hope one of them sticks. And I I hate to say this, but I find that, and this is just my personal opinion, people that are in network marketing seem to be the worst. Mm Multi-level marketing, they just want to tell you about their product as quickly as they can. And they Mm -hmm. don't really seem to care if you're interested or not. And I, I, I find it fascinating, to be honest with you, because I wonder to myself, does that actually work? I find it hard to believe, but it, they keep so many people do it. I don't know if it's just poor training or if it really they think it's going to work and they don't really know that it isn't working because they're not paying right. attention, or if it, maybe it does work. I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, nobody I know likes to be uh, approached right. that way, but... You know, so many people do it that you have to wonder. Yeah, let's continue that conversation after the break. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to think about when have you been pounced upon and how did it feel? And have you ever done it to a potential client as well? We'll be right back. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. 
Welcome back. Before we took our break, um, Leslie and I were talking about pouncing uh, or barfing, as she calls it, um, and not really building a connection before you start selling your product, not even really sure that the person is interesting. And Leslie, I love the idea that you wait until somebody asks you for their card. I agree. I come back with a handful of cards, and I don't feel comfortable putting in them in my um, Infusionsoft without really getting some permission from them to do that, um, unlike others where I have been spammed. Well, actually, legally, you have to get permission. Now, right. people do it all day long. Mm-hmm. but it's actually illegal to add somebody to your mailing list without getting their permission. Absolutely. So what we've been talking about, Leslie, is about being of service to the person who's in front of you. What does that mean to you? I'm all about trying to help people in any way that I can. Mm-hmm. Now, not everybody wants to do that, but if you can help somebody, you're more likely to be doing business with them at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. However, that's not why you're helping. You're helping just to help. Right. So, for example, if someone, I had someone recently who was looking for an estate attorney, and I happen to know several of them. So, this is someone I will never be doing business with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, you know, I gave her a couple of, it was actually a friend of mine, um, I gave her a couple of names for people that she could call. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's all about building relationships. And yeah, it's funny because I almost feel like in some ways it's sort of a fad Oh, well, you have to build relationships. It seems to be sort of a buzzword <laughs> these days. Yes. Uh, and I don't know if that's really true or not. Maybe I just, I started doing that. I figured that out, you know, 36 years ago when I got into sales is you can't be good in sales. You can't have long-term clients if you don't have some sort of a relationship with them. I mean, now, you don't have to be best friends. Right. You know, you don't have to know every detail of their life, but you need to have, they need to trust you. It's really, mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to, is people like to do business, and you've all heard this before, with people they know, like, and trust, but trust is the big issue, because if people don't trust you, even if you're selling, I don't know, a skincare product or whatever, um, they still, they want to trust you, and Absolutely. that's vitally important. And I would say with skincare products, you better trust the person who's selling them to you or who knows what the product is that you're getting, right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. absolutely true. I mean, uh, especially in this day and age of people being so health conscious. Well, mm-hmm. at least here in California. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, people want to know things like that. Like, what is in this stuff that I'm putting on my skin? Absolutely. <laughs> Less than and and I they, just, they want to know that about a lot of things. Yeah, you know, and if I'm hiring I, you as a coach, for example, I mean, you know, w- why should I hire you? Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do I, for me? And remember, I, it's always about the with them. What's in it for me? Right. That's and what Les- people want to know. Leslie, you've been to Hawaii, and and I know I've in Maui, especially on in Lahaina, um, there are all these little stores, and there's always somebody sort of hanging outside with a free sample, and oh, come on in, you know, with with skincare kind of thing, and 
I got really spooked one time very recently where I went in and they, you know, they did some stuff. They didn't really disclose what was in it. And then she starts working on my eyes and she said, and this has snake venom in it. And I went, excuse me? Oh my gosh. Snake venom? (laughs) Get this off my face. Um, And so needless to say, I obviously did not know. I definitely didn't like, and I uh, absolutely did not trust them, did not buy anything from the store either. Um, But that's scary as to what's in that. Um, Botox seems to be finding its way in some of the organic um, skincare, especially around the eyes. And I just find that a very interesting place to do that. So, Leslie, you've talked about asking asking questions, really digging deep um, so that you know um, how to refer them, wh- who you can connect them with, a little bit more about them before and before you connect them. I always ask the question, so how long have you been dealing with this situation? So that I get a sense of, oh, I just thought about it five minutes ago, or this is a 30-year problem and I really need to do something with it um, to know whether they're really looking for referrals or not. So when you ask a question, though, that sort of obliges you to listen. I had a very dear friend who said, you know, you have two ears and one mouth, use them in proportion. Uh, and oftentimes we don't. So how how do you listen to your clients? I <laughs> am listening for a couple of different things. So number one, is there going to be some way I can help them? And, it, and that could look, at, you know, in different ways. I mean, maybe it's something personal, maybe it's something business, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can help people. And then second of all, I'm listening for, um, are, are they a potential client for me? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, okay. let's face it, I mean, we're all looking for clients or customers, so, you know, I want to know that. And the way, and it's really all in the questions you ask. It's um, knowing the questions to ask and then really listening. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit that I tend to interrupt a lot. And so I had to learn when it comes, because it's one thing, you know, when you're just talking to a friend and you're just, you know, you know, like when you and I go out or whatever. Right. You know, interrupting's not so bad. But when you're talking to a client or a potential prospect, you really don't want to interrupt. You really want to listen, and you really want to hear what they're saying so that you know which direction to go in and you know how that you might be able to help them or maybe you can't help them, and that's good to know too. Yeah, and I, I like that the fact that you you listen, you want to make sure that what you have is what they're looking for. I think also repeating back to them what, what you heard is also a way to validate that you have been listening to what they say, as opposed to, I, I have a story. Um, I was in a camera store and I needed to buy a particular camera and I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew what features I wanted on it and what those benefits would be for me and all that. So I walk in and the salesperson says, how may I help you? And I say, I need a camera and I need this, 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 and this in it. Fantastic. I have just the camera for you. And she brings me over to a camera in the case, pulls it out, and she starts listing off the features on this camera. And there are none of the features that I gave her. And I said to her, (laughs) I'm sorry, but did you not hear what I said? 
She said, oh, yeah, I heard you perfectly. But this camera is so much better than what you you asked for. And I know that you, you, you could really use it and you'd get some really great photos. I said, but I don't need, you know, once again, I don't need this. This is what I need. What I found out probably five minutes into this conversation when, when we went back and forth and her saying, no, you don't really need that. You need this. I'm going, no, this is what I want. She goes, yeah, but I get a great commission on this one if you buy it. She actually said that to you? <laughs> she actually said that to me because she was so frustrated that I wasn't going to buy her camera. And I go, that's not being of service to your clients. She said, yeah, but I make a heck of a lot of money if I do. Next. Wow. I, w- I was just appalled. Uh, so you, uh, what, I, what I call I, this is... And I believe that mm-hmm. you always do what's best for the client. Yeah. I don't care if you make... If if you make more on A, but B is better for them, you show them both, of course, but you recommend B because that's what's best for them. It's not what's best for you. And exactly. I've been in commission sales my whole life, and I, I mean, I have... I have never sold that way. It's and now all things being equal, if I can make it more, all things being equal for the client, if I can make more on A than B, then of course I'm going to recommend A because it's, if it's <laughs> equally good for the client, then you know I'm not stupid. But it's never been about how much money I can make, and I know a lot of I've known I should say a lot of salespeople who they do exactly what that woman did, and I I agree with you. It's appalling because it's always always about what's best for the client. Right, and it's that's that how hope. you keep clients. Yeah. You know, if you just want a client, if you're just going to sell something once, and you're never going to see them again, then I suppose you could do what's best for you. But <laughs> even then, I mean, that's just not my nature personally. But I, yeah, I just, yeah, I just I can't believe somebody actually say that to you. She did. That's um, a good and, story, actually. And I when I. When I used to teach sales, uh, we called this the egocentric predicament. In other words, you're more mm-hmm. concerned about what you need to say, want to say, what you want to sell, than you are what the customer needs or tells you about what they need as well. So it's breaking out of right. that. It's breaking out of that ego-centered kind of thing. Um, so, Leslie, it's December. Um, Christmas is coming up soon. The New Year's coming up. Lot, lots of people are going on vacation, this kind of thing. So is December... I mean, December's a terrible time to sell, right? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I can answer that two ways. If you think that business is dead in December, it will be dead in December. I can guarantee you that. And you know how I know that? Mm. Because if that's what you're thinking, you won't do anything to create any business. The reality is... For many people, if not most people, December is a great time for business. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Because that's the next question. If you're I was selling to companies, mm-hmm. a lot of companies have use it or lose it money. So right. they have a budget that ends December 31st. And if they haven't spent that money, they might not get it for next year. So that's something, you know, for people that sell to companies, you want to call every one of your clients and, and ask them, do they have mm-hmm. any budget they need to use? Be, I mean, be very blatant about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for those people who sell to individuals, you never know what's going on with people. And even if there's no business there, 
a lot of people are planning for the next year, so you can be part of their planning. Exactly. Which is important, because you don't want to show up too late to the party. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 oh, gee, I just bought that from someone. Um, I, I agree with you on the companies. I used to do some work for a high-tech company whose year-end was in September, and, you know, summertime is another place where people go, oh, you can't sell in the summer. Everybody's on vacation. The kids are out of school. They don't want to buy anything. This particular company, because their year end was in September, I did the most amount of work for them from June to the end of August because they had yep. that use it or lose it money. And it was, I mean, it really made, it made my year. Um, so I, I totally agree with you, you know, to call the companies, especially now who have, you know, January as their year end, you should have probably called them in October, but um, just to sort of find a final call before the end of the year, what are you doing? Um, what mm-hmm. budget do you have that I might be able to help you with? Individuals, so true. You don't know what they're looking for in Christmas gifts, number one. So if you're I, in... I, I was just going to say that. Yeah. So if you, you know, you're in that kind of a market where your um, business to to individual, then absolutely you can you can sell uh, product as Christmas gifts, and I know I know network marketing, they want to get as many people on board in December, but then of course the question is what do I do with them in January? But I have a really great December um, if I can you know sign up a whole bunch of people because they need Christmas gifts, and depending upon what you're selling, it might be just perfect for them and their family. I also I'm I'm actually on Friday going to a working uh, event uh, where we are working on next year's calendar and actually building our content calendar. So you're again you're absolutely right. You know who of your entrepreneurs or small business owners are going to do big projects next year? I'm redesigning a website. I've got uh, new programs that are coming out and this kind of thing, and I need help. Uh, and so, you know, who who am I going to put in my budget for 2018 is really, really important. So I totally agree with you on that. Um, and that so, can even be true for individuals, uh, you mm-hmm. know, people who sell to individuals as well, because, you know, we all have, you know, a certain amount of money to spend, and sometimes it's who gets there first, which is exactly. unfortunate, but it is true, especially if you're someone who doesn't keep in touch with your clients. Oh, yes. And that's the wonderful thing about a, a system like Infusionsoft, who you can set reminders so that you send out something or you call them and, and you can look at your notes to see, well, what, what did we talk about last time? And they said, no, they weren't interested yet. And you can then call them and ask them how they're doing, uh, you know, how's your health or whatever it is that you're working with. And, you know, based on what they say, you know, present your product or service that you have to offer them for the next year or even in December or as gifts, gift cards to give to their family. So, I, yeah, I totally agree. So do you, do you have a uh, best way to approach people in December so that you sort of get them on board to look at that? Uh, it depends. Uh, you know, I think it's always good to just call. I mean, I, you know, so many people don't like to use the phone, and I think it <laughs> should be, for most people, the number one way to reach out. Yes, it's time-consuming, and yes, you don't necessarily reach people, but it's a, it's a personal touch. 
I mean, email is somewhat personal, but a phone, a phone call is just so much more personal. And, you know, you can call just simply to say, happy holidays. Oh, exactly. And see where that goes. Right. And sometimes it doesn't go anywhere, but sometimes what happens is they say, oh, you know what? I've been meaning to call you. Mm-hmm. We need to mm-hmm. talk about next year, or I need to order whatever from you. And it's amazing when you actually speak to people how you can generate business that way. And yeah. I will tell you a story. I had a client, this was a number of years ago. She, uh, I met with her, and she was going to do long-term care insurance, filled out the application, and then said, you know, hold off on it. And I don't even remember why she wanted to hold off. And I called her, and I emailed her, and I called her, and I emailed her. And finally, about six months later, I sent her an email, and I said, you know what, I don't want to keep bothering you, so you, you, know, you just let me know when you're ready to go. And, she, and up to this point, I had heard nothing from her. And she emailed me back, and she said, no, please keep calling me. I, I will move forward. Um, you just, just keep, keep pinging me. And I did. And she did. And that's, you just that's never the whole, know. Yeah, you never know. And I, I agree with you. I think the phone is a great way to do this. It's interesting. I always used, when we first started with email, I used to say to people, look, pick up the phone. It'll take less time. And now it's like, okay, don't call me. Anyway, um, so ladies and gentlemen, think about um, how you can connect back with um, clients that you haven't talked to in a long time, prospects that you haven't talked to in a long time, because this is the most special time of the year to connect with them. And we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. 
You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. It's so good to have you all come back, and I am talking to Leslie Ellis, a sales guru, Um, and we're talking about December and whether it's a great time to sell or whether we should just sort of sit in front of the fire and drink hot toddies and read a good book um, during December and just call it a day. And so far, Leslie has said, no, that's not a good idea. Um, And, you know, we've talked about relationships. We've talked about listening. We've talked about asking the right questions. Um, When is the right time to finally say, so are you ready to sign on the dotted line? When do you do that? Well, sometimes they tell you they're ready. (laughs) (laughs) What a novel approach. So it's really obvious. Other times, not so much, and you really don't know. And so I am a big believer that you have to ask for the sale. A lot of times people assume that uh, if they're ready, they'll tell you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes they will, and sometimes they won't. And you're not doing yourself or the client any service by not asking. Asking nicely, you know, mm-hmm. and you just ask point blank, are you ready to move forward? Are you ready to start whatever it is? Are you ready to start your website? Are you ready to order your skincare products? Whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. You know, in my case, are you ready to start advertising? Right. Just ask. And and I also think uh, someone did this to me. Actually, there are a couple of ways. That, would you like it in blue or pink? Um, would you like to start on December 1st or the 15th? You know, that, that kind of thing also. It's sort of a presumptive close, but it gives them um, basically two options. Um, right. As, as yeah, far as you when can you're... do that. that. That works. I mean, kind of depends on what you're selling, but, yeah, that can <laughs> absolutely work. I recently heard something that I thought was interesting, and it goes mm-hmm. like this. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you if you were ready to start now or ready to whatever. And I thought, because that kind of gives the person an out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a very low-key way of asking. And I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what kind of results um, they get. If I Yeah. So, audience... Ask that question the next time you're out on a sales call and let me know um, what kinds of responses you got. Did you get the sale? Did they blow you off? Did they say not now, maybe later? Um, And I always love the fact that no really doesn't mean no. No means not right now. And the question that I always ask is, well, when would you like me to get back in touch with you? And that You know, I recently um, met with a prospect and she told me no. And and she told me before we met that it was unlikely that they would advertise. Mm-hmm. So I knew that going into it, right? right? But when she said, no, we're not going to move forward, I actually asked her, uh, is it a no for now or is it a no forever? Because in this, this circumstance, that made sense to ask. And you know what she said mm-hmm. to me? It's a no forever. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's clear. Now, does that mean I will never approach her again? Absolutely no. not, because things change. Right, right. But abs- I, I now know this is not somebody I need to pursue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a yeah, good thing to know. It's a good, you need to know where to put your time. 
And do you do you classify your prospects like this is a hot prospect? I need to get to them like right now. This is um, a, a warm prospect um, that I can you know delay a bit, and this is a cold prospect. I sort of do that. Uh, I actually do what you said, which is imperative, is to ask them. So if they say you know yeah. no. Then I ask, well, is it okay if I get back to you in, you know, and then I have to judge like a month, three months, mm-hmm. six months, whatever it might be. And you, you, you base that on the conversation you've had. And sometimes mm-hmm. people will tell you, no, I'll reach out to you when I'm ready. But most of the time they will say, yeah, why don't you check back with me in three months? And so I judge it. I don't really call them like hot, warm, cold. I I judge it more that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, if somebody says, call me back in a week, I mean, clearly that's a hot lead, right? Right, That's a hot prospect. Uh, When somebody says, call me back in six months, it's not dead, but it's certainly not warm. Yeah, and and sometimes I know I've put off a a couple people around social media strategy and and that kind of thing saying, um, I'm not ready right now. But call me in six months because I'll, I'll have a better picture as to what's going on and, and money and that kind of thing. And then we can move forward or not, as the case may be. So I, I like setting a time frame so that the person's not wondering when are they, when are they going to call or when should I call? You know, that there's that sort of, you know, who's calling who. I mean, I've seen this in, in couples relationships, too. You know, should I call him? Is he going to call me? You know, we really didn't set that. Uh, and, you know, I think that also that folks have gotten to, to the text generation where all of their mm-hmm. relationships are done by text. Um, I, I say this on the show often. It scares me when a couple are sitting down at a table next to me and they're texting. And I go, hmm, I wonder who they're texting. There's, you know, this looks like an intimate conversation. And I find out that they're texting each other at the table. No. Yeah. It's like. Can you not that's carry weird. on a conversation? Yeah, yeah, um, that's weird. And I've actually talked to some healthcare professionals who are in the mental health arena who say um, suicide hotlines now have a text line because certain age groups don't want to talk about it, but they'll text about it. Isn't that interesting? And yeah, yeah. It, it's that's to me that's the superficiality of our communication right now, and that that needs to change. Um, if we're going to continue to succeed. Okay, I'm going to ask the, the big elephant in the room. Christmas is a great time for, well, in the holiday season overall, no matter what your religion is um, or your persuasion. Um, my question is uh, gifts. I mean, I remember um, working for uh, multi-associations, uh, professional associations, and always getting a gift from the board of directors. Thank you for you know, your work this year and that kind of thing. And getting stuff from my suppliers. Um, I do remember working with a hotel uh, company. And this woman got microwaves and you know, all sorts of huge crock pots and cars and wow. mink coats from her clients because they wanted to make sure that the hotels were using their products. And I would see her Carter stuff out to the car, and I thought, wow, that's pretty impressive. And every now and then she'd go, oh, I have three of these. Here, why don't you take one? Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, but I've seen 
a shift in that, that we're, one, uh, we're not doing Christmas cards to the degree that we used to. I used to get like 50 to 100 uh, Christmas cards. Now, true, I also am not sending any out, uh, so I'm just as bad, but I've gotten two, and one was a Thanksgiving card. Um, so what's going on with this whole exchange of uh, holiday greetings and or gifts? You know, I agree with you. It's interesting how things have really fairly dramatically changed. Mm-hmm. I actually do send Christmas cards or holiday cards, whatever you want to call them, right. because I think it's a great way to keep in touch with people. Mm-hmm. Um, some industries, you know, and I sit here at night in front of the TV and, and write the cards. Um, you know, some people don't want to do that. Um but, you know, that's a choice. I think, But I do think it's a good way because so few people send cards now. You actually stand out if you send one. Right. Um, some industries do not allow gifts, but for the, most, for the most part, you can still give a gift. And it's a great way to actually just stop in and see your clients without an appointment. Now, you mm-hmm. may end up not seeing them, depending on the situation. But And, and certainly if your clients work at home, you might not want to just, you know, um, <laughs> drop in without notice. But you can also call them first. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a great way to say thank you because you do appreciate their business. At least I hope you do. Mm-hmm. I actually don't do any holiday gifts. I do birthday gifts. Yes. Which is, I think, another way, and people are always surprised. And I mm-hmm. do do little gifts. I mean, I think at the holidays you tend to spend more money, whereas mm-hmm. for birthdays I just do little things, and people don't expect it. And they, for, I mean, if they've been my client for a long time, they, you know, they probably um, aren't surprised anymore. But in the beginning, they're always very surprised. And I once had people, so with my insurance business, I'll, I have everybody's birthdays. But I've been doing birthday gifts for probably 30 years. Mm-hmm. And I've only been in insurance for 11. So somebody once asked me, well, how do you get their birthday? And I said, you asked for it. <laughs> How do you get any that. information? And I actually yeah. had someone once, a gentleman who um, was a difficult client of mine who refused to give me his birthday. Oh. It was very funny. It was very interesting. But most, uh, that's very rare. Pretty much everybody, you don't have to get their year. You just need, you know, the month mm-hmm. and the day. And then people, when they receive a gift, they're like, how did you know it was my birthday? They completely forgot <laughs> that you had asked. <laughs> and so it's it's another good way. You you need to stay in touch with your clients. And it's mm-hmm. surprising to me how many, from, from where I am the client, how many people do not stay in touch? It just sometimes shocks me, actually. Yeah, and sometimes it's a one and done, and so they don't keep track. But what happens if you have an update on your product that would be really beneficial to this client you haven't kept in touch with them? Uh, I, I think it's criminal that we don't keep in touch with each other. Uh, but again, that's that's the uh, superficiality, I think, of our society right now. Right. We don't dig deep. And we you don't know, build. unfortunately... People forget. Mm-hmm. So I will give you a really good example. Um, I want to say it was about two years ago or was it three years ago? I don't remember now. I bought about $150 worth of Arbonne products. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Now, that is stuff that you use up, right? Exactly. It's a consumable. I never heard from that woman again. Not once. Wow. And I couldn't tell you a year, even six months later, what her name was. Now, I could have found out because I could have asked my friend. Mm -hmm. But it's like, hmm, you know what? I don't need to use Arbonne. I can use something else. Mm-hmm. And, and I think and that's... If you don't keep in touch, people are not going to remember you, especially if you've only dealt with them once. Right. And I think that's part of the, the, the challenge with network marketing is the fact that you look to the prospect. So you're out prospecting because you get a huge hit um, to your bottom line when someone signs up, whether they sign up as a... Uh, a wholesale customer, a retail customer, or even as a consultant, you get a gigantic um, hit to your to your profitability, and you don't necessarily if they continue with you. So that second order, you don't get as much for. And so it's sort of like, why should I keep in touch with you? And that's wrong. I, I totally agree with you. So, in, Leslie, in the last couple of minutes that we have, would you give the our listening audience three fantastic tips um, for how to create excitement in December and on through the year with sales? Absolutely. So the first tip is something we talked about earlier is never stop prospecting. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to do it every single day, but I would say you do need to do it every week, and you need to continually keep your pipeline full because you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Second tip is something, you know, we have all, and we sort of, we touched on this, um, we have all, and, and I say we, including myself, we all really depend on email and text to some degree, and I say, pick up the phone. Have a live conversation with people. You will be amazed what happens when you do that. I mean, it really is truly amazing. And, you know, people just don't want to do it anymore. And you actually stand out when you pick up the phone. And I don't care what you're selling or who you're selling to. And even if it's just to say, hi, how are you? Leslie, you don't last, even have to have a reason. Now, if you have a reason, you know, that's even better, but just pick up the phone. Okay. Last tip, because we've only got 30 seconds left. Third, my third and my probably my biggest tip is, this is especially for entrepreneurs, don't think of sales as sales. Entrepreneurs, for the most part, hate sales. Think of sales as simply having a conversation, because really that's all it is. You're just having a conversation. And that's perfect. Thank you, Leslie, so very much for being here and for giving us these great tips and tricks. And ladies and gentlemen, we will hear from you again next week. In the meantime, don't forget, be courageous and dare to lead. Thank you and bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.